Welcome to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, where we talk about issues facing our Big Island community. Island Conversations, Sunday mornings on KWXX at 6.30 and on B97B93 at 7 a.m. Or listen anytime at kwxx.com. Island Conversations, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken. Aloha. I'm here with Kevin Walton. Kevin is the director for Hawaii Electric Light Company, or HELCO, for Hawaii Island. And he has a really long background with HELCO. He's been in engineering and facilities. He's worked for HECO, which is the parent company on Oahu, working really on all the islands. So I'm very delighted to have Kevin Walton with us. Good morning. Aloha, Kevin. Good morning. Aloha, Sherry. Now, Kevin, we're here to talk about North Kohala, even though we could talk about anything on the island. By the way, isn't Helco celebrating a big anniversary this year? Yes, we're celebrating our 125th anniversary with service to Hawaii Island. And we're having many different activities that has been going on since August. Well, that's pretty cool, 125 years. Yes, it is. The employees have done a great job from the past employees till now in servicing our community. And we wanted to take that time to celebrate with our community and thank them for being great customers to us. Very nice. Now, North Kohala, I know that Helco wants to help make sure that North Kohala is resilient from the electricity standpoint, because if there ever is an outage on the one line, then service is sort of, not sort of, it is gone. But tell us a little bit about North Kohala. What is the service of North Kohala? How is it served? Give us a sense of North Kohala as a place that Helco serves. Okay, so North Kohala is a radio line, what we refer to as a radio line, meaning that our source comes from one side and it's fed on a long line to all the customers in the North Kohala area. When we have problems on that line, all the customers in that North Kohala area are impacted and they're impacted up until the point where we can fix the problem and bring the power back from our source across that line. Okay, now Kevin, a couple things. How many customers are there in North Kohala served by this one line? There are approximately 2,000 customers in the North Kohala area served from this single radio line. Okay, and a customer would be an establishment, so my house would be a customer, even though there might be two or three of us living in it, and a customer is a business. So when you talk about 2,000 customers, that's what you're talking about, sort of like service addresses. Yes, correct. It's around the lines of wherever there's a single meter, every meter represents a single customer. So for us, there are 2,000 of those meters that we serve across that Kohala area and can be anywhere from residential to commercial customers such as restaurants, small stores, art museums, uh, public parks and recreation sites. Those things are all served with that single meter that we represent as a single customer. Okay. And when you say radial line, are you saying R-A-D-I-A-L or are you saying radio, R-A-D-I-O? It's R-A-D-I-A-L. And it's a line that means it's a single line fed from one source to your customer base. And the reason why we term it that way is because there's several things, right? We can do what they call a loop feed, which means we create two lines that service the customer. So when one line has a problem, we can then 
put the customers on the other line as we fix the problem so we can get the customers back as quick as possible. Or there's just a single line that when that line goes out, the customers are out until that line is repaired. And where does the line run that currently serves North Kohala from what point to what point? It runs from our Waimea Bayshard, which is in Waimea Town above Kwai Hai. And it runs across the mountain road, Kohala Mountain Road, all the way down towards Havi. And from Havi, it branches and goes towards Iole Point and back towards the airport area in Kuala. So it's pretty clear now why there would be a problem if a tree falls on that line or there's a car crash that takes out a power line. It's pretty clear why customers in North Kohala would be out of service. So tell us what Helco has considered to try to provide some redundancy so if there is an outage on that one line, the customers in North Kohala are able to get back in service a lot faster than if they have to wait for Helco to replace a pole or fix the problem, whatever the problem is. Okay, so that's a good question. And ideas have been going on for many years. And what we've looked at is we've looked at installing a second line, similar to like what I talked about earlier, which is a loop system. Kind of considered that, threw that around, had some conversations and didn't get real support on that because you're creating a second line that creates a visible type of concern for some customers. Meaning it's unattractive? Unattractive, exactly. <laughs> sounds, so, sounds like a, that actually is a better term than visible. <laughs> but anyway, yes, unattractive. Second one we looked at was we looked at using a diesel generator that was temporary that would allow us to serve the customers while we rebuilt that old 56-year-old line out in that um, Javi area. And that didn't have a lot of support on that either. And the third option that we looked at was, and we're kind of considering and we're talking about it with different stakeholders, is creating a microgrid. For those that know what microgrid is, it's a term that represents the ability to have a system come back on its own separated from the grid, from the main grid, and run while the main grid connection is fixed. And then when the main grid connection is fixed, tie back in almost seamless so that the customers are back in the grid and runs that way. So when you say a microgrid, it sounds to me like it's almost a standalone power plant in some way. Is that what you're talking about putting in Javi? It's something like that, but in the sense, uh, instead of doing your typical diesel generator like how we kind of talked about earlier talking about like putting in a storage system coupled with renewable energy that actually allows us to work together and keep the system running when you say work together work together with whom um the system actually works the components itself work together and it appears seamless it looks like a generating plant but it's basically using renewable type energy such as wind solar and storage to energize the customer load that is separated from the main grid by 21 miles, fix whatever's problem is on that 21 miles, and then tie it back in. So when you say renewable energy, does that mean Helco would be putting in something like new solar panels? Or I know, actually, I wanted to ask you anyway, I know there's some wind turbines in that little airport that's just a little bit south of Javi. What are those wind turbines used for? So those wind turbines are, they're an independent power producer. We have a contract with them. And they produce 
wind energy that provides power back to our grid. It's a good partnership because they produce renewable energy that feeds in that area as well as back to our grid to provide power to our customers. And that's the kind of stuff that we would look at to see, can we make all those components work together and is it possible? Okay, so would you be putting in additional renewable energy, as, as I suggested, solar panels, or what else would you have to do to make this microgrid a reality? We would actually look at how does this microgrid tie in with the existing solar panels that people have in the area. So when it ties back in, it actually provides uh, a means for them to continue to provide power while coupled within this system that we create called a microgrid. Now, you mentioned batteries. So obviously, you'd be putting in some kind of battery storage that would hold this power to be used as people need it? Yes. And one of the things, and the reason why I mentioned batteries, because battery is a simple way to talk about storage, because everybody knows batteries, right? You open up your flashlight, there's a battery there. You turn it on, it's portable, you got it moving. It's a means to discuss storage system. So in this sense, the storage system is the key. What way can we come up with the most economical, cost-effective type system that provides power for our customers and creates a stable system? And a brief interruption to remind you, this is a bonus podcast for Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken, and we're talking with Kevin Walchen, who's the general manager for Hawaii Electric Light Company, or HELCO, here on the big island of Hawaii. He mentioned that HELCO is celebrating 125 years. And this week, Thursday, December 5th, there's going to be a celebration to which everybody is invited on Kalakaua Street in downtown Hilo, the site of the original Hawaiian Electric, or actually Hilo Electric Building, and that goes 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thursday, December 5th. Saturday, December 7th, Helco is sponsoring Outdoor Movie Night at Kona Commons Shopping Center on the west side of the island. Events start at 5, the showtime's at 6. Before we get back to our conversation, let's hear from KTA Superstores, our great sponsor. At KTA, local and fresh means you get the very best Hawaii Island has to offer. The grass-fed meats you find at KTA are raised without added hormones or antibiotics. Our seafood department is stocked with sustainable choices caught in local waters by local fishermen. KTA carries the largest selection of Hawaii Island homegrown produce. Our mountain apple brand is all local so you know it's fresh and delicious. Local and fresh always tastes best at KTA. Now back to my conversation with Kevin Walchen, Hawaii Island Manager for Helco. So basically, you've looked at several options. You believe that this last option, the microgrid, is the option. What has to happen to make this a reality for North Kohala? There's several things. One, we have to go through what they call a greenhouse gas analysis. And once we go through that greenhouse gas analysis and we start packaging that piece, we then have to file an application with the Public Utilities Commission. When we file the application with the Public Utilities Commission, they will be able to ask us questions about it, about cost, about ideas, about how do we outreach to the customers. From there, they get to see if our plan meets the requirements for them to approve. Should they approve it, then from there we go through a process of bidding and final design, which we then have multiple people try to bid on different components of the system. 
once we have that bid, we award and we look at construction probably within the year 2021 to 2022, someplace around there. Hopefully, it all goes forward. Well, it doesn't sound like it's as far out as I would have imagined based on the process you've described. So who actually does the designing of such a system? Is that something that the HELCO engineers do or somebody on the outside? We usually work either internal, so we have engineers that can do it, but we also contract out to consultants that do it as well. So it might be a combination of both, depending on what projects are floating at the time when we get the approval. We'll determine where do we assign the work. But the fact of the matter is we would first need approval from the Public Utilities Commission to move forward, and once we get that, we can then go forward. So you actually don't even design a system until you discuss it with the Public Utilities Commission? We do preliminary-type designs just so that we can get one cost estimate and we can actually discuss the project and the scope and the cost so that they can approve it. But the final design of the project, the details behind it, actually happens after because otherwise you spend all this money and then you don't move forward. It's not a really um, cost-effective way to do it. No, and as somebody who pays my electric bill every month, I'd like you to be as cost-effective as possible. Thank you. And that brings us to cost. Do you have any sense what a system such as what you're describing would cost and then what the impact would be on the rates of customers here on the Big Island of Hawaii? Because this is such a high level and because we would have to go for a bid for pricing, we look at someplace in the range of about $20 million for a project like this. But as you start to look at how does this impact customers over all of the customers, it's actually a very, it's a fraction of a cent in the bill. So you wouldn't see a major impact on your bill for something like this, but it would be something that we would have to get permission from the Public Utilities Commission to move forward. The way HELCO does its rates, I believe, is based on an island basis. So we're not talking about the customers in North Kohala who would benefit from this, paying something different from the rest of the customers on the island, or are we? No, we're not. The way the rates work is any work we do for every customer in here is actually shared in a asset base. So whether I work in your subdivision to help provide or improve reliability there, it gets spread amongst all customers as a, a cost to do business. How often does North Kohala have outages in general that are caused by having just only one line going from Waimea to Javi over Kohala Mountain Road? How often generally is that happening? It's ranging anywhere from about six to ten outages on an average per year. And the reason why it's said that way is because, you know, there's many customers that are there. And it's not always on that one particular line, but the customers do see outages that's not only for that line, but for their distribution circuit, for their street circuit, for all those different components. So it's about average 6 to 10. So if 6 to 10 is the average, but not all of the outages are caused by the actual line that goes over Kohala Mountain Road, how many outages per year would you suggest would be fixed by having a microgrid? Any sense of that? Without looking at the very detail of it, um, I would say probably about 50% of that would be fixed by moving towards that. And the reason why it's actually more important to fix this issue isn't so much as the number of outages, it's the duration that the main line takes for us to repair. 
because it's 21 miles and because it is 34,500 volts, we cannot re-energize and repair while it's energized. It always has to be repaired, de-energized. So that being said, the outages can be long duration. I mean, it's long duration. That's what's actually impacting the customers. Any sense how long an average outage lasts then? If it's on that main line, it's probably about eight to 10 hours. Oh, that's significant for somebody to be out of electricity, definitely. I understand now why this is important. How have you been outreaching to the community? You mentioned that as an important component. What have you done? What do you plan to do to bring the community into your thinking? We have a group that has been going out to the community, meeting with the different stakeholders within the community. They've been holding talk story sessions, for lack of a better word, with the community, sharing what ideas we've thought about, listening to the community on what ideas they have, and being able to answer questions. So right now, they've been doing that from the beginning of this year. We've also been tying in, and I'm not sure if you're familiar, but Hawaii Energy, which is a contractor hired by Public Utilities Commission to provide energy efficiency, which everybody pays for on their bill. Energy efficiency is paid for by our customers on their bill. But this group actually provides that support, looks at what your load is, provides what options for rebates you have, and how do you go about getting it should you want to take part in it. So we've been tying in Hawaii Energy with the community, getting them to talk story to see, and the community to see the Hawaii Energy piece. Because the energy efficiency part gives us the ability to lower the load in the area, which then allows us to shrink the size of the storage. The storage is the most expensive part of the component. If we shrink the storage size, it allows us to reduce the cost of the project. Kevin Walton, Hawaii Island General Manager for Helco, I think what you're saying is that you want everybody, and particularly as we're discussing North Kohala, to essentially use less electricity if possible because that lowers the amount of electricity that Helco has to provide. Have I got that straight? It's sort of. Let me to re-clarify at that point. Um, what we want to do is we want people to be the most energy efficient. And the reason why is because, you know, when you talk about using less energy, there's two ways to look at it. You can look at it from the standpoint, well, I'll turn off all my lights and I'll turn off all my TVs and I'll turn off all my radios. That's not what we're asking in, in this sense. We're asking that whatever devices you do choose to use, be the most efficient so that that way you can still enjoy the comforts of electricity, but yet do it at a lower use of energy. And by lowering that use of energy then allows us to size the system the most efficient way we can, which then again, like I said, we reduce the costs and that in turn gives us the biggest bang for our buck. So what we're talking about really is, for example, using LED lights instead of incandescent bulbs if appropriate. When you buy a new refrigerator or actually buy a new refrigerator, you know, don't use the one that's 25 years old if it's still working because it's not very energy efficient, but get the new kind that uses less. Is that the kind of thing you're looking at? Yes. And the reason why that's important is, again, like I said, we want our customers to have the comforts of what electricity brings. However, we do understand that there are efficient means to get there and allows us to do solution that is very cost effective. 
Okay, back to the customer outreach. I actually know that you did not mention one thing. I know that you had a community meeting on Thursday, November 7th at Kohala High School, and I think there was around 100 people there because I happened to be there. You talked about this program then. For the future, what other outreach programs or plans do you have to draw people in who may not have yet been fully aware of this intent on the part of HELCO or desire on the part of HELCO? The outreach will continue with reaching out to the different community-type events that they have. I know right now they're trying to schedule. They've scheduled with the first responders and kind of met with the first responders out in in Kohala. They've met with the different kupuna groups that's in the Kohala. They met with the CDP, Community Development Plan Group, so that they could discuss. They've scheduled and hosted various different town-type meetings where people could come and discuss. So... They're continuing with that type of outreach, and as they get through the year, they would have touched as much as they could. What's your sense as to how the community feels about this? So far, it's been positive. From what I've heard, they've liked the idea. They want to know when it's going to happen. However, as like I said, as we go through more outreach, we'll get more and more information. Okay. Kevin, you mentioned the next step is a greenhouse gas analysis. When do you expect to start that? We're looking at starting that in December to January timeframe. Okay. Kevin Walchen, General Manager for Hawaii Island for Helco. What else do you want to add before we say aloha? I just want to say thank you to all our customers for allowing us to serve you for the last 125 years. Our employees are very dedicated. They want to serve. They come out in the wind, the rain. They're there to connect your service when you become a new customer. And we're very grateful for being able to serve. Thank you so much, Kevin Walton. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you, Sherry. And thank you to our listeners for being with us for this bonus podcast of Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken, and our conversation today was with Kevin Walton, the general manager for Helco, about their plans for new power sources in North Kohala to be available in case of emergency. This Thursday, December 5th, Helco is inviting you to a celebration of their 125th birthday in Hilo on Kalakaua Street in downtown Hilo from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. at the site of the original Hilo Electric Building. On Saturday, December 7th, Helco is sponsoring Outdoor Movie Night at Kona Commons on the west side of the island at 5 p.m. Until our next Island Conversations, please let Let's all live and drive with aloha. Ahoi hau. Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions at info at kwxx.com. Join us next week for another Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916.